Are you currently enrolled in a wine course or have taken some in the past and want to continue on in a more formalized wine education? Or perhaps wine is a passion and you are self-studying at home. If either one of these scenarios sound like you, then today's episode is for you because I'm going to be sharing some tips about things I wish I knew before I jumped in with two feet into my formalized wine education. So whether you're a wine lover looking to deepen your wine knowledge or someone considering a career in wine, stick around. The insights I'm going to be sharing with you in this episode will help you navigate the fascinating world of wine education and different options for you to explore. So if you're ready to learn a few of my personal nuggets of wisdom, if you will, let's get started and dive right into today's episode. Hi everyone and welcome to the Wine Chef Talk. I'm your host, Somalia Aaron Rosar, and I'm so happy that you're here with me today. If we haven't met before, it's lovely to have you here. And if we have, welcome back. Now for those of you who are new, you should know that I've been a professional Somalia for over 20 years now. It is my passion and my privilege to make learning about wine not only fun and easy, but also practical. Meaning I wanna make sure that you leave every single episode with some real life tips that you can use that are gonna help you find wines that you are going to love and be able to share with family and friends. I want you to think of me as your very own practical sommelier. And on that note, today's episode is filled with helpful tips, but I get asked a lot by students or people considering pursuing more formalized wine education about some tips or what they should know about when they're about to dive in, take a new course, what are some options, where does it all lead? And so I thought I would share with you some of the tips that I share with them when I get asked because I've never put these all down into an episode or into a blog or anything like that. So you are the first ones to hear this all in one place outside of private conversations I've had with friends or students. So before I get started, I do just want to say that I want to encourage you. I want this episode to be practical real life tips, but also know that I love the wine industry. It has been an incredible career for me to embrace. It is a never-ending journey of learning and exciting new places to go and visit and people to meet. So I am not the right person for you to be listening to if you're thinking I might persuade you to veer off the path of the wine industry and more formalized wine education. I'm not your person because I'm definitely team wine industry. So if that sounds like something you'd like to listen to, then definitely you are in the right place. And these tips are also in no order. As I was putting the script together for today's episode, I started to make a list. And so they're not in any order of importance whatsoever. The first one I always like to share with people is depending on where your wine education journey is taking you, you may be surprised at how much time you're going to need to study. And I don't like to sugarcoat that. So do know that if you are embracing higher level wine courses, that the study work is going to increase. Learning about wine is not just about tasting. It's about the backstory of that wine. You are going to study every high school subject that you thought was a waste of time. I like to joke and say that a glass of wine finally makes all those courses in high school make sense. You're going to be studying history, geography, chemistry, geology, all kinds of fascinating topics, but they're finally going to be pieced together. And this is also wonderful because if your brain just gets super full or you're finding you're just not comprehending or it's not sticking what you're learning about, you can take a break from the chemistry side of learning about wine and you can move over into the history side. So you can jump around in your studies a bit 
and you're always going to be taking in information. But I do like to share with people that it is going to probably take up more time, more of your life, especially if you're pursuing an accreditation, than maybe you were originally thinking that it would. And my second tip for you is along the same line of thought in that you are going to be surprised by the number of books and maps and different resources you are going to use as you grow your wine education. You'll end up with a bit of a wine library, especially if you like print books like me. Now, obviously, all of this information can be found in digital formats as well. But sometimes you just need to sit down with a real book and write it out, mark it up. You're also going to need maps, lots and lots of maps. And I always will recommend some pencil crayons or markers because you're going to be drawing maps so much about wine, how it grows, where it grows. All the different locations around the world is about the maps and the unique locations within the space they grow that makes them so special, that terroir magic that comes through. So I will always recommend you get yourself some brand new pencil crayons, some markers, a whole bunch of sticky notes. And for making maps, you can use whatever paper you like. I like to make them really big. So I used to get the the wrapping paper when you're moving. You can buy that plain old brown paper, if you will, that when you're wrapping glasses and stuff, if you're moving, I love this paper. So this is a tip. If you are studying wine, you need to draw a lot of maps. It's really big paper. You can draw them out. You can lay them on the floor and walk them up and down. If you're trying to learn burgundy, for example, you can use them in a whole room and lay them on the floor. You can put them on the wall. You can make them as coloring sheets if you have small children. Definitely there was a time in my life where my kids colored in a lot of wine maps from around the world as I drew them out while I was studying. But know that you are going to accumulate over time incredible books. You're going to find some authors that you really resonate with, some that you like some of their writing and not others, but you are going to need books and maps and you need a space to be able to appreciate your own wine library. My next tip for you is you are going to need to try a lot of wines and you're going to need to feel really comfortable about talking about wine. So you're going to need to find your people, your group. Who are the people you are going to meet with potentially on a weekly basis? Try wines blind. I am sorry. I am a hardcore old school person in that if you are not trying wines blind, meaning you don't know what they are, then you are doing yourself a disservice. You must try wines blind to get better at it. It's going to help expand your knowledge, not only just in regards to aromas and the palate, but if you know what that wine is before you taste it, you go in with preconceived ideas. Your opinion of it is already skewed, where if you taste it blind, you have no idea. It could be a $4,000 glass of aged Petrus, or it could be a really easy drinking house wine from somewhere. You have no idea, and each wine should be tasted with a neutral slate. And you can't do that if you don't taste wines blind. So you must taste wine blind to get better. doesn't mean that you can't all get together and talk about a specific wine if you are knowing what it is or you're going to a tasting with a winemaker. But if you want to get better, if you want to improve your tasting skills, you must taste wines blind. You have to also meet with a group of people, ideally, that you are going to taste wines blind together. You're going to learn from each other. You're also going to figure out maybe what I call saltiness. Somebody calls soy sauce. You're going to find some new descriptors because everybody's going to pull from their own memories. So it's great to taste with a group. 
and you need your safe group, you're going to need your core group of people. But I'll also recommend that you go out and you try tasting with other people as well. So go to different tastings, take a different class, go to a winemaker's dinner because you want to be outside of your own group of people for tastings as well, because you will get into a safe place in your wine tasting group. You will learn what each other will think about it. You'll know their descriptor words. But when you go out to other groups, you'll learn from them as well. So definitely have your group, your home base of tasting team members, if you will, but also go out and try with other people. But by biggest message about tasting wine is definitely try them blind. And if you do have your tasting group, throw money into a pot. One week, somebody brings the wine so everybody else gets to discover it. So make it a group effort as well as that will help your budget go further because your wine tasting budget is going to increase over time as you try things. But tasting is obviously a critical component. It is in addition to your book learning skills. So learning about wine has the two main components. You got your book studies that are going to back up the story in the glass that you need to taste and follow the clues. Remember, as somebody going into the wine industry, that you are a wine detective. You are looking to find the story in every single glass. Every wine wants to tell you about itself, but we have to let the wine talk to us so many times. We know what the wine is. We have preconceived ideas and we fill in the story for the wine and we never give it a chance to tell us its own story. So always remember to listen, to look for the clues, follow the clues in the glass. It's all there, but you have to be quiet enough to listen and you have to go in with a blank slate. Definitely a big tip that I will share in that you must, you have to taste wines blind. My next tip for you is about when you're going to share with your friends and family that you are embracing in a more formalized wine study and potentially you're pursuing it to delve into it as a career. Don't be surprised if they're kind of like, great, but really wine, what are you going to do with it? If they are happy for you, but they're at the same time a little concerned that they're not exactly sure what you're going to do with it. Many people not in the wine industry or not pursuing wine education to the level that you potentially are, are going to fully understand how big this industry is and how much there is to know. A lot of people just enjoy having wine with dinner and they don't think about all the layers and in the industries behind that glass of wine at the restaurant or at home that go into bringing it to their table. So don't be surprised and don't be disheartened if people in your life are supportive, but not exactly really sure what you're doing or what you're going to do with it. And if it's going to end up being something that you can actually turn into a career. My advice to you is knowing your heart. You're going to know if the wine industry is something you really want to pursue, whether that's as a passionate hobby or something more professional and as a career base. You will know and you will decide where you have visions of it going. Know that currently in the wine industry, there are so many paths for you to take, whether that's a traditional role in a restaurant or in hospitality or at the winery, the winemaker, or vineyard management. There are so many components of marketing, writing. Don't think that there's just one box that you fit into in the wine industry. The sky is the limit, but do know that you may get a little bit of understated support from your friends and family because they're just not exactly sure what you're going to do with it. And they may be thinking, so you're going to be into restaurants, which is amazing. And if you're in a restaurant, I'm with you. I love it. 
but they may be thinking, do you really want to do that for the rest of your life? So just be prepared that you may get support, but not with the same passion or enthusiasm that you are feeling for the industry that you are embracing and loving so much. So don't become disheartened. They'll come around when they see how happy you are and thriving in the industry. My next tip is about budgeting and how much is it going to cost? Now, there are lots of incredible wine courses and guilds, and you are going to have to decide which wine study path is right for you. There are formalized paths like the Wines and Spirit Education Trust out of the UK. You're going to find lots of different courses at different levels. In like any education journey, you're going to have to find a course that aligns with your budget and your time, but you could study wine all of your life potentially. So know that your wine course study is going to be an investment. It's an investment in your future. It's an investment in education. Just like any other degree or course, this needs to be looked at at the same way. Unfortunately, here in Canada, not all wine courses are tax deductible, which is always kind of a bummer, but maybe your business will support you and help you pay with some of the costs, depending on who you're working for. There may be support mechanisms in place for you to have some help with some of the funding for the course. So that's definitely something to investigate, as well as your wine budget. I talked about that a bit earlier, that if you share the cost of picking up different wines to taste with your study group, that's obviously going to help out. Otherwise, half bottles are there. But again, set a budget for yourself. It can add up quickly and go to as many tastings as you can because then you'll be able to, for the price of your ticket or your seat, you'll be able to try a breadth of different wines and not have to buy an individual bottle of each one of those wines. So Definitely consider budget and just plan appropriately of what's good for you, like any formalized education. My next tip is about tasting notes. You are going to have to take tasting notes. I'm a big fan of writing them down. You can use an app, voice memos, whatever you like. I have definitely left a tasting and had Surrey take a note while I'm driving in the car over Bluetooth and dictated a tasting note in my car on the way home. But when I got home and printed it off, I also like to handwrite my notes or my thoughts. So you are going to want to find a system that works for you because as much as you think you're going to remember a specific wine you tried, you're going to taste a lot of wines over your time studying and through your career. So find a method that works for you. You'll find a lot of wine tasters have a special book that they like. The lines on the pages are the right size, whatever it is for you on your app, your voice memos. You do what works for you, but I am a fan of writing things down. I usually find that as people continue in their education, they start writing their notes in pencil. And as they get more comfortable and confident in their tasting notes, they start to move over to pen. That might just be something to watch for, but you are going to need some sort of tracking system of the wines you're tasting, what you're learning. You'll also be able to go back. I like to put down on my tasting notes types of food I want to enjoy with this. And that way I can find a system for that as well. If I'm looking for a pairing, you will find a system that works for you, but you're definitely going to have to take notes. If you think you're going to remember it all, it's not unfortunately going to happen. And my last tip that I'll share with you today is beware of the snapback. And what do I mean by the snapback? I want you to think about if you have an elastic band and you have it around your wrist, it fits fine. And then you pull it out and you realize it can go even bigger, which is amazing except that if you let go, it's going to snap you. 
And I use this analogy a lot when learning about wine because you're going to think, oh, I'm learning. There's so much to learn. That's amazing. I'm getting comfortable with the topic. I'm starting to know stuff. I'm feeling better about what I'm learning. And it's fantastic. Look at me go. And then you're going to go to a next level of your studies. And all of a sudden, you're going to feel like you just got snapped by the elastic. And you're going to feel like you're at ground zero again, that what you thought you knew was just the top of the surface. And you didn't realize how much more there was underneath the surface. So don't be afraid of the overwhelm when you're studying wine, because it is a topic that is over 6,000 years old. It encompasses almost every single subject on the planet. Like I said, history, science, chemistry, all of it is there. So do not be afraid or surprised if you start to feel comfortable in your studies, then overwhelmed, then like you don't know anything, then like you're comfortable again. It's a bit of a roller coaster and be prepared for that. This is a lifelong journey that you are embracing and the sky is the limit in regards to your career. But there is so much to share, and it's also just about the moment. Learning about wine is also about learning how to be very present. You have to be in the moment to try that wine, to learn about it, to embrace its aromas and the flavors of that second of time that you try it. Depending on the weather, where you're having it, the company, the environment, your perception of that wine could change. So just appreciate that wine is very much about this time, this space, and you are going to feel elated with what you're learning. You're going to have some wins when you nail a wine and you are able to figure it out, tasting it blind exactly what it is. But wine also has a sense of humor and it loves to kick you in the butt and also show you that you don't know anything. So be prepared for the roller coaster of learning wine and know that you are not alone on that ride because it is a big one. So that is my final tip in that enjoy the ride of learning about wine. It's not just a straight and narrow path. It is a roller coaster or a perfect zigzag, if you'd like to say, but you will learn something new every single day that you are embracing this topic. But I think that's a lot of different tips for today. I hope that you have enjoyed these personal tips. If you have, definitely reach out on social media and let me know. You can find me at Hello at Wine Girl Academy on both TikTok and Instagram. You'll find me there. Or if you'd like to reach out to me personally and ask a question or you have comments about today's episode, you can reach me at hello at winegirlacademy.com. So on that note, I want to thank you for hanging out with me today. I hope that me sharing some of these tips with you have inspired you and given you some ideas about where your wine education could go. What are you thinking of? Where does this journey take you next? Like I said, I am pro-wine studies. I am pro-wine world. I am pro-wine industry. So if you were looking to be talked out of pursuing something in the wine industry, I am not your girl. I'm not that person for you. I hope that I'm leaving you with some practical tips and some things to consider as you're planning out this new year of 2024. And if you have any questions or comments, I'm here for you and I would love to help you. And if you're looking to learn more about your personal palette and you haven't already taken my palette personality quiz, you'll find the link below in the show notes where you can take the short fun quiz and discover your very own palette personality and a list of wines that you'll be able to start with that you're going to love. And you'll learn a bit more about why you like the wines that you do. So if you haven't already had a chance to take your wine personality quiz, be sure to click the link below and discover yours today. 
On that note, be sure to like, share, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I'm going to wish you a wonderful week. Cheers to you. Bye now.